0: You're listening to the Toolstation Western League Podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome listeners to episode 32 of the Toolstation Western League Podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you?
1: Yeah, surviving, I think. How about you?
0: Uh, the same, yes. It's, it is. It is dragging, but we are fit and healthy and that is the most important thing, the main thing um, yeah. we, must, we must remember even if we are getting sick of the, uh, the sight of our fall walls the sun is shining not that we're allowed to go mm. out and enjoy yeah. it but anyway yeah. um, we do have an absolutely fantastic podcast lined up for you this week i know obviously there isn't any actual football to discuss but we have returned to our traditional format of two manager interviews for this week's episode of the western league podcast and i picked two clubs that really had the most arguably to lose um, by the decision to void um, the season. And it's very interesting to get their managers take on what that means for them. Um, in the premier division, Plymouth Parkways, Lee Hobbs talks to us. And in the first division, Khan Towns, Ben Redford. Um, ben, of course, is the um, joint manager at Khan. So we speak to, we speak to him, but we, it wouldn't be the, the, uh, the coronavirus lockdown nation, podcast if um if it wasn't if we didn't kick off with tom Hiscott's self-isolation nation what mm-hmm. have you been watching on your sofa this week tom
1: on the sofa this week what did i watch um okay so films i ha- hadn't seen before i'm generally trying to catch up on old films that i probably should have seen and that i've heard of but not really watched the whole way through so the big lebowski i watched which was which was, which was good in uh there's shutter island which had leonardo DiCaprio. It was a bit weird but enjoyed that and there's another one which uh was really funny which was due date which had um uh the chap from uh the hangover uh, the main guy from oh, yeah. that one with the one with the beard and he plays a very similar uh role in in due date so i think they probably based his hangover account, uh, character uh off of this so those were the three films that I've watched quite uh, well. I've watched this week, and I've also been getting back into getting back into the Bond, the Bond uh, franchise. Um, big fan of Bonds, seen them all plenty of times. So. And then TV. Uh, Saturday was uh, there was a World Cup rewind uh, thing on uh, the BBC uh, mid afternoon, I think, uh, which had sort of clips from ten uh, minute sort of reviews of some classic games from. From the previous World Cup and then all the way back to sort of the 80s and 90s, which was good use of an hour. Well, I suppose a good use. And then also (laughs) showing you how much I'm missing out on the live sport. I uh, actually watched WrestleMania 36, which was uh, weird. Um, They had, uh, there was no audience. uh, So obviously, wrestling is generally um, one of those sports that you probably, well, sport, entertainment uh that you would say would probably thrive off the the live audience and that wasn't there but uh it was interesting i used to watch wrestling back in the the good old days i suppose you'd call it so something a bit different and technically it was kind of live so it's about as good as we can do for sport at the moment so i did watch well didn't watch them live I didn't stay up late but i watched them the following morning so that was uh interesting uh, and then Netflix I think I mentioned last week yeah I watched the first series of the Sunderland until I die uh, series which I think ran last year and then they released the second series on Wednesday I think it was uh, and I yeah watched through the the second series of that this week which was yeah which was really good I thought good insight and a few new characters I suppose you call them characters even though it's a documentary. Uh, the chaps in in charge of the money mainly. Uh, obviously, they, you follow them around quite a bit. Uh, I suppose there's some, yeah some new players and new manager and whatnot. So um, interesting and a couple of couple of Wembley defeats. Um, one of which I'm sure you remember quite well. So I do. Uh, um, yeah, it was an interesting uh, insight and hopefully the sort of thing we see um, more of over the over the next few years maybe in football.
0: Well. I'm glad that's been keeping you out of trouble. Um, we'll come to our first manager interview then. And as I said at the top of the podcast, it is with Lee Hobbs, the uh, the manager of Plymouth Parkway. Now, of course, Plymouth Parkway was second in the table behind Tavistock, uh, although with games in hand. Um, when the, uh, the, the decision was taken to avoid the season. Uh, but that's not where I, I started my conversation with Lee. Actually, it really picks up in, on, in the vein that t- Tom's been telling us about what he's been doing during um, lockdown, so I, I started by asking h- how Lee's been keeping himself busy at this time.
2: Probably the same as everyone else, mate, if I'm honest. And obviously, missing football was you doing the usual household chores with with your family, of uh, washing the cars, mowing the lawns, doing the decorating, and so on? Um, I think, which most people uh, are probably doing all the same things. Is I think they call it gardening leave in the game, so we'll call it that rather than a lockdown.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Obviously, the serious business is uh, footballing wise. Although there's much more going on in the world, was that the FA? Um, voided the season on March the 26th. How did you feel at the time that you heard that decision?
2: Um, if I'm brutally honest, I think it was the correct decision, but not in the sense of that I think they could have waited a little bit longer. Um, and maybe I think they reacted a little bit too quickly and obviously made the decision to learn and void it, which ultimately I believe would have happened three, four, maybe six weeks later but I just think they could have gave it a little bit of a chance um, and my concern is obviously it just shows you how distant we are from from the professional game because obviously their seasons are looking to, to, to resume and but from step step two down to, to us uh, not allowed to so um, that, that, that's the annoying part if I'm perfectly honest uh, is that you come under the FA umbrella, but I don't believe you treat it the same. Um, so that's the frustrating part. But again, in the grand scheme of things, everything that's going on around the world, they've obviously made the decision that they couldn't get it out. Could have they have done points per game? Would that have been fair? What final placements would have been fair, I'm not sure. So sure, I think uh, there's lots of um, teams who would have had gripes and grumbles, as well as teams who would have been happy with with other decisions that would have been made. So, yeah, I think it was the right decision. I think it was the right decision, but just a little bit too early for me.
0: If you um, look at the top of the Premier Division in the Western League, you can see how all of those different scenarios affect the clubs. Um, in question can't you Because uh, and, and each of the clubs of course had played a different number of games Tavistock were on top yeah. of the table but you know, that's a position that you'd been in um, for much of the season and of course on the points per game ratio I believe Bradford would actually have been, um, been above you but that you were yet to play them twice this season so yeah. it just goes to show how complicated each of the scenarios is and how it would have affected each of those clubs differently Absolutely
2: um, it really really would have ourselves in Bradford I've led the way for the whole season. Tavistock managed to secure, I think, three out of three midweek evenings when us and Bradford's games were off, which ultimately took them to the top of the table with us two having games in hand on them. So that's what I said uh, on your previous question. I don't think points per game or final places would have been the fair way to do it. Therefore, the null and void ultimately was. But if anything... One thing the Western League have got to learn from all this year, forget the pandemic, Ian, is that you cannot allow teams to have these backlogs like this ever again. It can't happen, Because you're the damages of your own success, really, because you're completely in national competitions and doing well and you're losing fixtures. It comes back to haunt you later on. So I just think they've got to... Common sense has got to prevail and they've got to, take, they've got to look at the way the South West Peninsula runs where their teams are getting between 20 and 25 games done before Christmas.
0: If we look at the, the, the Peninsula, of course, actually, when we look at um, the games played in both leagues, they hadn't actually played any more uh, than the Western League. So the fixture backlog has been slightly more complicated than just playing more games no, no, before no, I'm Christmas. Gonna, I'm going
2: to disagree with you there, Ian. They hadn't played a lot more they, they, they played a lot more than the sides who had been successful within our league. And if you look at our league, if you look at a, a, Bradford being exempt because they don't well in national competitions, the four teams who played the most minimal amount of games was ourselves, Exmouth, Tavistock and Buckland. Therefore, that tells you that our part of the country, Devon, cops it more than what the the, the, the Bristol and beyond does.
0: We're talking about the, the bad weather then, so that actually accommodating more, more fixtures earlier in the season would have, been a, would have been a benefit for clubs further down into the south-west.
2: Absolutely, of course it would. Um, it's, it's common sense, you know. Listen, the, the reality is the, the, the Western League have had it all their own way. for for far too long with regards to teams probably having a 15-mile radius around each other. Now that there's some Devon clubs within it, obviously they've got to do a little bit more travelling. But uh, on the flip side of that, we've got to do a lot more travelling. But for us four teams, ourselves, Brooklyn, Tavistock, Exmouth, that doesn't phase us. In midweeks, travelling away from home doesn't phase us. But it does affect teams in Bristol having to come to us midweek. So, so the, the Western League have got the balance right and the other teams within the Western League have to accept that you are, are going to have to make long midweek journeys to Plymouth, tavistock Exmouth or Buckland throughout the season. You know, but there's 20 teams in the league and we're, we're four of them. therefore we make it refer sure to it. Has to happen. I know we've gone away from it now, but we were initially talking about obviously, the, the number of games played. So this is why what, what, what I'm saying, from from August to November, as long as we can get games out, uh, hopefully the season can commence within that time, uh, you, you've you got to be Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. It's, it's just it's what it is. It, it just has to happen. You can't be drawn in to that backlog back knowing the way that the, the British climate is.
0: No, I think it's a, it's a fair point, um, Lee, because, of course, as you rightly say, um, the, the, the league footprint was set to change even more um, next season. Of course, that's been, that's been put on hold. But in a, in a way, that gives us now a season to come to terms with some of the challenges um, that is going to be placed on Western League football in a, in a, much, in, in a much larger geographical area.
2: Yeah, exactly that. I mean, obviously the FA's perfect pyramid didn't, it hasn't happened this season, and from what I hear and what I believe, it's it's gonna it's the same scenario where the top two in the Western League are gonna get promoted again, and or, and so on and so on. But I just think. Get your games out again as quick as you can, you know? Whilst the weather's good, whilst the pictures are good, whilst supporters want to come to football, it's, it's win-win for everyone, you know? No one wants to stand in the rain on a cold Tuesday or Wednesday night in January or December. They want to do it early on in the season when football's fresh and everybody's got the right appetite for football.
0: One of the things that um, interests me, obviously, about being a manager at at this level of football, at the Step 5 level of football, of course, and and this is one of the things I think that's coming out of the debate at the moment around whether or not the season should have been voided, is the impact of, of contracted players. Now, of course, your players aren't under contract. So... Does that represent a challenge for you had the season been postponed or even whether or not we come back in August? You've got a job to do to keep your players happy so that they'll be signed on for you next season.
2: Exactly that. Um, that. People's working now, managers are working now, even though no one knows what their budgets are going to be and what they, what they are or they ain't going to be, you're trying to retain your, all your players now, as well as identify new players to come in, and some of them are on contract, they're, they're in limbo, they don't know what they're doing, obviously their parent clubs are obviously dealing with that. so it's... Man, football at this moment in time and life in general is just completely up in the air. Um, and no one can make head nor tail of what actually is going on, really, I don't think. Uh, but, but yeah, even even down to, like, null and void in the season in some sense, obviously this is where I, I'll, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning with regards to being under the same umbrella within the FA as every other club, you, there's finance involved. And when there's finance involved, you, you have to, to be treated the same way as everybody else. In the, in the instance, uh, my football club, as well as numerous others, you spent a lot of money trying to get out of this league this year. Logistically, in transport, you spent a lot of money trying to make sure that you're having the best possible um Travel and, and, and preparation, going to games, but all that money now just gets washed away. But all the money coming out of the talk within the Premier League and EFL is just spiralling down to the National League, and that's it. So what about our clubs that? Are not are not getting refunded or having any help or do you know what I mean? We're just being made to just keep plodding along. When when like I said, a lot of financial a lot of financial burden is happening now because clubhouses ain't open, no one's coming through the gate. The football club's ain't functioning, but more importantly, the money that's been spent.
0: How is your club's finances looking? Are you concerned that the longer this goes on, it will have an impact on Plymouth Parkway next season?
2: Well, that's a question from, from my my board. Um, yeah, and if I'm perfectly honest, however, uh, uh, you have to you have to look around and, and you have to see that the world is in a sorry place at this moment. I mean, mm-hmm. money is is a big issue for, for not just for football clubs, for 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 everybody. Um, unless you've got unless we're money mate, things are gonna be fun and that's gonna take its course and have a knock on effect within clubs for potential sponsors or previous sponsors who have given money and have obviously they're in they're in a borderline six to nine month recession now. You can you can think of. so so people are gonna be reluctant to part company with their money at the same time, um, because they haven't been making no money. So, yeah, listen, I think it's gonna have a it's going to have a big knock-on effect right, 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 right the way through the league, um, and ultimately, which then comes down to the manager with regards to his budget, whether it's going to be decreased, thing, or I'll be fortunate enough to have an increase. So, yeah, it's going to be testing times mate, for all football clubs, not just not just football league clubs like all we hear about, but more importantly for. Um, for every step within
0: the pyramid. Does that worry you for next season, given you know what you were saying earlier about the cost of travel alone for your club? Does, does that worry you about how competitive you can be next season? Of course
2: it does. Um, of course it does. No, realistically, no-one knows what they're going to have and what they ain't going to have, do they? No. Um, unless, unless you've got a multi-multi-millionaire so there's no problem, which clubs at our level haven't got you, you don't know where you're going to be with finance. If no, no one knows, do we? No, no one knows. We don't know how long this is going to go on for. We don't know how much money is going to be lost. We don't know. Honestly, and you just cannot—you can't put any time scale or any figures within what is actually going on. No, i i haven't got a clue, and I don't think my soccer club have either, in the sense of, of how hard they're going to be it until it's all over.
0: I mean, looking back on the season that we've had, um, I mean, you've always been very um, frank in our, in our interviews, but, um, and I know you're a confident manager, but the way I saw the season panning out, I, I had you as my favourites um, to win the league and to be promoted. Is that how you saw it throughout the season?
2: Absolutely. Um, It would have been very testing for us to have played those 17 games in 41 days. I'd have had to have pulled every trick out of the book (laughs) to to be able to have got over the line with regards to uh, all aspects of being able to put teams out with regards to being fresh and prepared properly and with help from others to be able to have delivered it. Um, But yeah, listen, we have got a good, honest group of players in Obviously, we, we were front runners and we were the favourites to, to to win this league this year, but Bradford didn't allow us to have it their own way and Tavistock came strong after a wobbly start. Xmouth obviously started well, started to drift away. Um, but yeah, if, if I was a better man, I would have liked to have said that we'd have, um, between us and Bradford, both of us would have got promoted.
0: So, in terms of the games you you managed last season, of course, you never actually had the chance of taking on Bradford in the league, but of those sides that you did come up against, which team, regardless of their position, which team impressed you the most? Impressed me the most, if I'm
2: perfectly honest, and we're in a little bit of a false position. We went to three on a September evening. Um, it was P and We went up there. They had a young team. They had an old manager who used to be on the... They used to be in the championship with Ian Holloway when Ian Holloway was the manager of South Fluff Argo called Dez Bulpin. and we won that game we was 3-0 up at half time and we got absolutely battered first half and second half they ran us ragged and now we went in at 3-0 it was so surreal for me I've gone in the dressing room at half time absolutely lost the plot <laughs> but we were 3-0 up and I couldn't make any sense how the hell we were 3-0 up and not six feet down, but we managed to, to to see it out. We kept the clean sheet. We took the free points, and we got out of um, the tannery as quick as we could. for <laughs> so me, street, good, good team, good side, young, energetic. Obviously, just had the um, obviously the manager just uh, obviously moved on to number two, and they, they rebuilt and they brought in a lot of youngsters. And it just shows you that as you've got youth on your side a lot of energy good pacing your team a little bit of direction from the side then you can cause teams at this level problems
0: and if there was one match that I gave you the chance to have another crack at one performance that you weren't happy with or one result you'd love to have overturned which would it have been?
2: Boxing day Tavistock um... The odds were stacked against us. We had had 700 for the game. The pitch was disgusting. I had three three suspended who would have started that day. And we didn't show up. We hadn't played for three or four weeks leading up to that because of the weather. Um, We forced the game on. We knew there was a risk of it. But obviously with the finance involved, sometimes you've got to take those risks. Sometimes it pays off here. Sometimes it don't. But, yeah, it would have been the Tavistock game where we lost 2-1. Um, and bar to be probably we drew. well should we do mm. but yeah that's the game obviously big crowd at um, home um, local rivals and we come up short so yeah it would be that game there for i but then my most enjoyable game was the one straight after that which was two days later when we went to Westbury when we knew we had the bounce back we knew that Obviously, Westbury were a difficult team away from at, at their place at Meadow Lane, I think it's called, and, and it was a really, really good game where we had to be. They stayed in it, worked right to the death, went one their one each, then we we, we got the, we got the winner in the 86th minute, and then they peppered our goal for about five minutes from 86 minutes to 91 minutes, and my goalkeeper pulled off a really, really big moment, and that was the last kick of the game. So that was my most. That was the most, most enjoyable, if I'm honest, because it was a proper football match and we needed to bounce back and do what we'd done. But to have start, the one where I felt we let ourselves down and Street, the team I was most impressed with on the day.
0: Lee, thank you very much for your time. As always, um, you've been fantastic this season. I know how much effort yourself and your football club have put in to winning promotion and, and winning the Western League title this season, and I am, I'm, I'm sorry for you that that, that wasn't able um, to, tap, to happen this season. But I, on a personal note, I, I'm pleased that I will get the chance to speak to you again next season, but I, I, I doubt very much it will be for much longer than that.
2: Well, let's hope so, Ian, and I'm going I enjoy speaking to you as well, mate, but hopefully it ain't for much longer either.
0: <laughs> if you're thinking tool station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah. They do. Over 15,000 trade-quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation.
1: With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you.
0: And now for our second interview, we hear from Ben Redford, one half of the Khan Town management duo. Now, Khan were leading the First Division at the time the season ended. I started by asking Ben how he felt when he heard the news.
3: To be honest, I expected it. So, um, yeah, it wasn't a great shock. It was that 10 minutes or so after, there was a bit of annoyance. And when it hit home, that... We're not going to get any reward for a good season. Because um, like at the start of the season, our aims were top ten at Christmas and then go from there. But to be leading the way pretty much for the whole season and for it to end like this, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. But sometimes things like this happen and we just got to get on with it now.
0: Because there are plenty of sides, aren't there, across the country... Um, that have written to the Football Association asking them to reconsider this decision. I mean, h- how do you feel about that?
3: Yeah, some teams obviously felt like they, they've chucked a lot of money at it. They've, they've really gone for promotion this year and for it to be ended like this for them, I guess it it'll, they'll take more of a hit than we will. So, yeah, they've wrote to the FA. I'm not sure what's going to happen about that. I can't say anything myself. But we've just sort of had to sit back, and, you know, now we've got an eye on next season, the aim is now to keep all the players together, keep our heads up, and Hopefully there's no reason why we can't go on another similar season to what we did this year.
0: Because realistically speaking, if if this season had been able to start again at some time in the future, and of course we don't know when that would be, but I mean let's say July or August, that what would that have meant for you? You obviously would have needed to have kept in touch with with your players, but I'm, I'm assuming none of your players are on contract. So, you know, you wouldn't have necessarily been able to guarantee that you could have put out the same side.
3: Well, no. No one's on contract. No one gets paid here, so I don't know what would have happened all I do know is one of our best players Stuart Windsor he's he's a big cricket player so he'd have probably be playing cricket in July, August um, I'm not sure what the others would have been doing if I'm honest we've had um, most of them have said that they're going to stick with us next year and give it another go we want to add a few but yeah if, if the season did have to resume it uh, I don't know what would have happened, really. It would have had an effect on next year as well. Not sure it would have been quite practical to carry on, of course.
0: One of the debating points is, um, or has been, you know, is it better to void a season that hasn't happened yet, which, of course, the 2021 season hasn't happened yet, or, or one that, that, that was in place? But it would have been a bit odd, wouldn't it, had we gone back in, say, August or September, spent two or three months maybe finishing off the games that needed to get played and then around Christmas time I suppose we'd have all been wondering exactly what we were going to do. Were we going to try and get a season played in half the time or you know, do we do we go down a different route?
3: The teams are struggling to get the games in as they were before this. Um, if we'd have ended the season when we were supposed to start the next one I just think that would have been, well we all like routine I guess. Football season starts in August, I think we all want to stick to that. So it wasn't going to be practical to get this one done if we wanted to get the next one started on time. Um, obviously, there was the other option of the points per game, which, yeah, we would have played for that massive league, so it would have meant we won the league. But that would have been that would have been a big call cool because I think that, would, obviously, that would have only favoured four teams and that was the four teams who would have gone up. The rest of the sides would have had a big argument to put up. Is that there was still quite a lot of games to play. I think we had 12 games left, so... To call it on that, obviously we would have liked that, but for the rest of the league, they would have had a big case to argue for that.
0: Yeah, because I mean, the first division has been a, an interesting. Um, well, it, it's it's always an interesting competition, isn't it? But you know, we saw Bristol Telephones um, lift themselves off the bottom of the first division table. We've seen Radstock Town in and amongst the the the, the, the promotion places, only um, to fall out. Uh, just at the end of the season, they would, have been, they would have lost out on points per game. So we've got examples throughout the entire league, haven't we, of sides that could have very much changed their position um, if those remaining games had been allowed to be played.
3: Yeah, so I think at the top you had six teams uh, fighting for the top four places. I couldn't, have t- I couldn't tell you now which of the two would have missed out on that if the season got played, as it was so tight. Um, and, like you said, teams at the bottom, we went to our last games against Bishop Sutton away and took an injury-time winner there. And after the game, I was quite wondering how they are bottom. Same as when we played Telephones, they were a good side. We only beat them 1-0. So, yeah, they would have thought that they could have climbed out of it. So for them to be relegated due to points-of-game system, they, yeah, they wouldn't have took that while, I guess.
0: If we look at your own season, though, I mean, it has been um, a fantastic season for the club. In, in a lot of the manager interviews I do, managers are understandably coy because they don't really want to put a target on their back. But we, we can talk about last season now because it's over. But frankly, I, I, I thought that you were favourites to win that title. Is that how you saw it?
3: Yeah, if I'm honest, I was quietly confident that we were going to go and get the job done because at a, we had two of the top six to play at home. Other than that, I think we only had two sides in the top half to play, which were both at home also. The rest were in the bottom half. Um, I know you can't take them lightly, but I think we did have the kind of runner fixtures. Our home form was good, so the big games were at home, so I felt we'd have won those. Our squad was definitely at its strongest point. We had a real good 18. We were all confident, not good, getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, I really feel like we would have got the job done, but we will never know, I guess. Um, the other good thing is, though, we might still have something to play for, um, the Wiltshire Senior Cup final there's still hope that that might get played I don't know when but hopefully that can be played and we can at least have something to show for our efforts this year
0: well, that, that really will be interesting, won't it? And we, we, we'll see whether, whether that, that, that happens. I mean, one of the other things I do like to talk to managers about during the course of the season is the sides that have impressed them. And I know that, you know, on, the, on, on paper, that would normally be the sides sort of around them in, in the table. But, I mean, it's not always the case, is it? And as we've discussed earlier, the First Division is that league where anyone can beat anyone else. So which sides that you've um, come up against so far last season, which sides impressed you the most?
3: Uh, well yeah start the same back while as they beat us twice a real fit side never give up attitude quite like ourselves scored, um, both games they beat us scored the injury time winners I know Stu gets them organised well yeah they're a good side um, Longwell Green were good and um, when we played Cheddar at the start of the season I was quite surprised actually to see where they were Come towards the end of the season they were a real strong side well played them at the start yeah
0: in terms of yourself, what have you been doing since the lockdown began?
3: Um, well, I'm off work now, as most people are, so i keeping myself busy with the kids, just doing bits and bobs trying else, really, but there's a few things I've been keeping myself busy with. been running some online tournaments, um, been raising some money for charity, so, yeah, just keeping myself busy, really.
0: Yeah, th- those are online, is it FIFA tournaments you're doing?
3: Yeah, it's uh, Xbox tournaments.
0: And you've raised you've raised a fair bit of money for the NHS doing that, haven't you?
3: Yeah, over £900 now. Um, at the start, the target was 250 and that got smashed within the day. So then I upped it and upped it again. I've had a few things donated to me. Um, I had a Swindon top signed by Aaron Doyle, which got uh, sold off for £325. And last night, I managed to get a prize for a competition from Swindon Town again. It was... Uh, four four people in a hospitality suite for a league game next season, which is good. And hopefully, um, fingers crossed, most looking likely there's going to be more um, Swindon players donating stuff like signed boots, signed shirts. So, yeah, hopefully a lot more money still to be raised.
0: And are those those FIFA tournaments that you're doing, are they still ongoing? How can people, if they play the game, how can people get involved? uh,
3: It just started on my social media, so I just put up, Literally, just for a laugh, I was expecting, like, five, six people to just, I'll you know, do something on board. It turned out the first one was 30 people, and this one we got 50. So, yeah, it's just all on my social media, on my Facebook or on my Twitter, so I'm always quite active on there, posting stuff on there. So, yes, open to anyone to join, and it's all raising money for the NHS.
0: And if people want to find you on Twitter, what's your, what's your handle?
3: Uh, it's benredford9, or one word. Ben Redford
0: nine, excellent stuff. Ben, thank you very much for taking the time um, to speak to us. Um, I, am I right in thinking that um, on the nights of, um, of of April it's your birthday?
3: Yeah, well, I think two days. Many ha- birthdays Thursday.
0: Well, many happy returns of the day for birthday. I won't ask if you're doing something nice.
3: No, nothing interesting.
0: (laughs) But um, um, happy birthday to you. Congratulations on your achievements in the season that never was, and I'm sure I speak on behalf of all the listeners that that we hope you get the chance to to go again next season.
3: Cheers, Ian. All the best
0: my thanks to ben redford for his time now then tom before we go we do like to get your film recommendation for the week in a little slot that i like to call tom hiscott's film 2020 what have you got for us this week
1: yeah so uh, one this week uh, it comes from american football which um regular listeners will probably know that i'm i'm a fan of uh, and it's uh called remember the titans it's quite famous i think it's a dis well it's rum it's by disney but it's not it's not animation or anything but uh, it looks back on uh, America and uh, yeah, uh, the sport of American football back in the 80s and how uh, there was a there's a school where they are playing a in a division or conference with with all white players uh, and they're forced as a school to to take on uh, black students and they come together and uh, yeah you can guess what what happens next but it's got people like Den yeah it's got actors like uh, Denzel Washington and. And, and and stuff like that. In so yeah, well, it's my favourite film. Uh, I've watched it, yeah, numerous occasions, and that would be my recommendation of the week if people haven't haven't checked that out and got a got a spare two hours, <laughs> which I'm sure they might. Well,
0: well, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that film, and I'm a big fan of Denzel, so um, I will. Yeah, um...
1: yeah he plays a well. Yeah, he's a major role in it, so yeah, definitely, a, a good good thing to check out.
0: Well, I should I should do that. Whether I have a chance to do it between now and our, and our next uh, conversation next week, I, I I don't know, but I will I'll, I'll log that one for when I do get a, a spare moment. And um, just before we go, there is some news coming out of the Toolstation Western League, uh, and that is that next season, the the league will be offering NHS staff free entry to all matches, and that is in recognition of their exceptional work and sacrifice during the current coronavirus pandemic. Now. Very similar to the way that the league runs the free entry scheme for members of the armed forces, all that uh, NHS workers will need to do is show a valid form of identification, NHS identification obviously, Um, at the turnstiles and that will be enough to secure free entry for next season. Whether clubs wish to extend that promotion um, beyond next season is entirely down to them. I'm sure that the league will be um, in discussions with them uh, about that at such a time. But certainly for next season, um, then that offer that currently is enjoyed by members of the armed forces will be extended to cover people who work in the NHS as well. So on that positive note, um, thank you very much for your time as always. Thank you very much for your time, Tom. I'm glad to hear gotcha. that you're, you're, sa- you're safe and well and enjoying <laughs> everything that Netflix has got to offer.
1: Try my best.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Westerly Podcast.